I think that some, as you grow up, you start to realize that personality is a lot more important than looks. I think mm. we can all agree about that. I mean, I'm sure that there's been situations where you've seen another girl or another guy, depending what you're into, um, and you've found them very attractive. And in the end, you've spoken to them and you realize that there's not really much going on. Just a bunch of airheads. This is the Slime Sandwich Podcast. That means we're live. Uh, welcome, guys, to the Slime Sandwich Podcast. Uh, we're at the first episode now. My name is Nabil, a.k.a. Lorenzo von Matterhorn. And I'm Yusuf Tontoi, a.k.a. Yusuf Tontoi. Good. If you guys got the reference of my AKA, then shout out to you. Uh, we're very excited today for the episode because we got our first guest. And as you can see, I'm not having, I don't have my chewing gum with me. So uh, that's a plus. Thank you for all your feedback. Uh, we'll take everything into consideration for this episode. And as I said, yeah, very exciting because we got our first guest. Our first guest of the series, mm -hmm. of the show. Uh, first season, first guest, first episode. Very exciting. New beginnings. He's uh, my friend, my brother. He's um, a young man, a senior in American <laughs> University in DC. Now he's back from DC, he's in Dubai with us. Uh, he's a charmer, a passionate investor in stocks and he uses his banter in his own advantage. If you dare to step on a football pitch against him, he will punish you. Ladies and gentlemen, my best friend, my brother, Rami Mamluk. Gets in here, my son. Rami Mamluk, welcome to the oh, show. Come on. Man's looking drippy. Man's all drippy and all come that. Come on. Come on, then. What's up, guys? How's it going, guys? What's up? How's your flight to Dubai? Thank you very much, firstly, for the very kind introduction, both of you. No problem, bro. Uh, it's, a very, it's a very big honor for me to be here. Firstly, with my two brothers my on my guy. right. Um, what you said was very kind. I'm extremely touched. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just start. Man's getting all red in here. Don't shed a tear. I'm just a bit camera shy. Yeah, yeah, um, so yeah, it's a great pleasure to be here. Um, everybody watching should understand the amount of time that these two have put into this podcast, the effort. When he first told me that he was starting this, I never took him seriously because. Honestly, he's given me some horrible ideas. No, because you past. never take me seriously, no. Some horrible <laughs> ideas in the past that never came to fruition. But now, I saw how serious he was and how Nabil also pushed him to do this. Thank you, so absolutely. Of course, it. the invitation was a great honor for me. Um, being the first guest on this means a lot. Um, I don't know what I bring to the table. Well, I think you bring a lot to the table. Don't you agree, Nabil? Yeah, bro, you're very uh, rich in stories. And uh, we'll find out about this. Uh, throughout the podcast. We have a lot to talk about. Yeah, that's but like every time. First of all, we want people to get to know you a bit better, Rami. Oh, of course. I'd love to meet the people as well. I mean, if... Uh, oh, come, come on, man. man. That's, how we're gonna start. That's, that's how we're going to start the episode. That's how we're going to start the episode. I mean, for Mr. everybody Parker. watching, he hyped me up a lot about my studies and my investments <laughs> and whatnot. But I want everybody to know that I'm still unemployed. How um, long have you been investing? A couple of years. Couple of years. Couple of years. years. No, I'm joking. Like a couple of months. I'm experienced, but like, uh, you know. um, no. But my portfolio uh, shows wisdom beyond years. Come you on, like that good one. returns. Okay. Good returns on the good portfolio. Good returns so far. Sure. If anyone wants advice, you know where to find me. Yeah, He's advice. gonna plug my Instagram, hopefully. 
Um, we got you, bro. Absolutely. No, we, we know you're, you're chasing the cloud, but I am. Let's I keep am. it on the download. Honestly, I am. I came here with the intention of entertaining the people, potentially finding a honey. <laughs> you, know? oh, <laughs> you never know. Oh, you never know who might tune into these podcasts. So. But Rami's single now, as uh, as he just said. Why aren't you with someone now, Rami? Um, it's a long story. I mean, I don't know if we have time to talk about all of this for now. But um, you're focusing on yourself. Focusing on myself. That's why I like to time myself sometimes when I'm sitting in my room and listening to all right to sad music. It's a sad day. Sad day. Yeah. Um, where where are we gonna where are we gonna start? Uh, I mean, I want to ask you about because of course you you grew up. This guy is an OG. This guy's an OG Dubai kid. Yes, sir. Grew up in Dubai. How long have you been in Dubai? All um, your life. Yeah, my whole life. I was born in DC, and um, I moved here. A couple of months after I was born, my family was already living here. Um, I saw Dubai grow from what it was 20 years ago to what it is now. I had Yusuf by my side, Nabil joined a bit after that. Yes, sir. I made it. I saw these two when they were little kids, Mm -hmm. and now they've grown. Yusuf used to have an afro, for those who know. (laughs) He was huge. Yeah, a nice, nice curly, curly afro. Um, It got us into a lot of... A mm-hmm. lot of trouble back in the day. People used to pick on him. And then mm-hmm. I obviously had to stand up for him. Yep. And now he's a young man, also unemployed like me. <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day someone will hire us. And, and Nabil, it'll be the best day of their lives. Oh, 100%. Hopefully. 100%. And Nabil, um, amazing guy as well. Appreciate it. I use all my compliments on Yusuf. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. so let's just move on. Now he's all drinking. Let's just move on. I'm not that great. Okay, so you grew up in Dubai. You went from... French school with us to uh, the American school. American school of Dubai. Of Dubai. Yeah. Tell me what you missed out from staying in the lycée in the French school and what you learned in the American school that you couldn't have learned in, in, in our school. Um, there are two completely different experiences for those who had the opportunity to go to both the French school and the American school that know what I'm talking about. Um, when I first went to Lycée, I didn't really appreciate the underlying beauty of it. Uh, it teaches you a lot of things about yourself. Firstly, you have to grow some balls when you're young. I think we can all agree Absolutely. on that. Yes, um, you're kind of thrown in, in the dark from a young age because... From you have sixth, to stand up for yourself. You have to stand up for yourself. And from sixth grade to twelfth grade, everybody is sharing the same campus. And that's something that we didn't really think about when we were younger. Mm-hmm. And when you go to the American school, you realize that it's a bit more polished. And it's they but I feel like this guidance is better when you grow up. I mean, if you uh, if you get thrown under, you know, whatever responsibilities that you have, then it's better when uh, when you're quite young. But then when you get older and you get guided then you can get to wherever you want to get to because we have uh, i guess some schools not just our school lack in the counseling part not the teaching part because our curriculum is quite good actually it's quite strong but the problem is kids don't understand what they could do and they don't reach their full potential because they just don't have the guidance that they need and i think this is something that's really good in their school yeah no no i agree i agree that um, in the French school, uh, definitely in terms of acad- academic like achievement, that's what they have as a priority, I think. Um, and yeah, in terms of counseling and mental health and all these stuff, okay, they have resources, but uh, obviously lackluster uh, compared to the American school. Um, I've never, we, we never were in an American school, but what 
from what he's told us and what he's going to add now, then, uh, yeah, I think they're very much like tailored student mm. to student. You know, they have yeah. mental health like coaches or whatever. And um, they're I mean, very different systems, obviously. Yeah, That's why the rate of... I mean, you have quite a lot of people from your school that go to Ivy League oh, schools. Oh, yeah, no, and definitely. And to be honest, something that I noticed is in the lycée, a lot, you don't really have that guidance for the step-by-step -step that you're going to take after you graduate. So I know a lot of people that went to lycée that could have potentially done things that they weren't able to do because they didn't really have someone reach out to them and walk them through the process. But that also depends on your personality at the end of the day. If you're the type of person to take that challenge and motivate you to become the best version of yourself, then for the future, that's going to gear you to become much more prepared for the professional career. In ASD, it was very, you know, ninth grade, you're supposed to do this. 10th grade, you're supposed to do this. 11th grade, this. And 12th grade, they walk you, they hold your hand, and they put you into mm. the school that fits you best. Mm. I don't think that Lisa offered that. I don't think so either. And I honestly, some people might argue that, oh, your system is much easier than our system because we have very difficult exams and the things that we learn uh, are very like very much in depth like when i went to uni i did engineering i did mechatronics and the math that i did in the first year i pretty much did half of it already in school but not as much in depth uh, than in uni but i feel like even if you graduate with your curriculum you don't um you don't really see any difficulties in university because it's, it all comes with time and it doesn't really matter how tough the system is as long as you're guided to where you want to get, then you would figure everything out later on. What do you think, Amir? No, I think you summed it up pretty nicely. Um, especially what you said on, they, le they legit like take you towards, you know, yeah. where you want to be. We had to figure it out kind yeah. of by ourselves, you es know? Yeah, especially, I mean, firstly, a side comment, if people are going to be subscribing to this podcast for the long-term future, I think you're going to hear the word mechatronics a lot coming from these guys. <laughs> I was going to say, every single opportunity that this word comes out of his mouth, yeah. it comes out of his mouth. Listen, every time potential. there's a family dinner, he comes and he sits down with my parents for 30 minutes telling them about his engineering classes because they love that. They come to me afterwards yeah. and they tell me, why didn't wow. you do that? Why didn't yeah, you follow yeah. Yusuf? I know this guy is full of shit. Pardon my <laughs> French. Pardon my French. But this guy, last, like, last year's like. Christmas, or I think it was two years ago, his dad or his uh, grandma or, or someone uh, sat, me, sat me down and asked me, oh, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I, I mean, I do mechatronics. <laughs> oh, what's mechatronics? Mm. So I, obviously I had to explain what robots are and uh, what kind of electrical learnings I, I, get to, I get to do. So everyone got really like impressed by this degree which is fair enough because it's quite an impressive degree. But then his dad was like, that was like, Rami, mechatronics, Rami. Yeah. <laughs> Not <think> finance. Yeah. <laughs> my dad has no idea what he's talking about. He yeah. doesn't know what mechatronics is, but he tells me, yeah, Rami, that's what you should have done. It sounds complicated. Yeah, so it does. It okay, does. so now you're in uni in DC. You do finance. I do. After uni, would you settle in Dubai? Um, immediately, I, I really hope not. I mean, I can't right now, for those who are applying to jobs in the same age bracket as us, you will know that this is one of the most difficult periods um, to find employment, especially in what I'm studying, and Nabil can also relate and can probably add to this. It's getting extremely competitive right now. 
And I think any opportunity that's given to you, you should at least consider it. I mean, we're blessed that we grew up somewhere like Dubai where all around you, it's constantly growing and, and our parents, alhamdulillah, know enough people to yeah. give you guidance or to, to push you in the right direction and teach you what you need to know. Yeah. So, of course, if I do end up staying and living in Dubai, it would be a blessing. But for now, I'd like to step out of my comfort zone a little bit. Mm. Maybe ideally stay in the U.S. somewhere like New York or maybe potentially go somewhere new and, you know, test myself outside of my comfort zone like Beijing, London. Wow. Yeah. Beijing. Keep Beijing's your options nice open. Place. Keep your options open. Beijing's a nice place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you can't be too picky. You can you can add to this, I'm sure, yeah, yeah, as you're in the same position as me. Finding an entry-level job in Dubai is not hard just because of the pandemic, but because every job that you find here is either senior level or the entry-level jobs are all expecting five to seven years of experience with an MBA, and they call it a plus or a bonus. How, how am I supposed to find a job here if, these are, if this is your criteria? I mean, if you look at the private sector here in most qualified jobs or high-skilled jobs, what you see is that the average age is f much higher than, than our age, basically. So, um, as you said, entry-level jobs are hard to find here, especially in a sector like the financial sector or consultancy or tech or whatever. Um, so what I'm thinking, you know, my, my strategy, and I think also you, you touched on this, is that you, st you need to start out like in Europe or in the US or something where it's much more uh, like accessible. You know what I mean? You, you mm -hmm. go, you do like you basically you slave it out for like five, seven years or whatever. And then when you're like, you know, somewhat senior, you can come back here because uh, junior, junior entry like jobs here are just or hard to get or super competitive. I was looking at, I saw a LinkedIn post that said uh, nowadays applications have just become like such a challenge, you know, just applying has like so many requirements, uh, whether it's, you know, re okay, references and you got like a billion interviews to pass. And then, you know, if you don't fit the ethical like nature of the company or whatever. You Is know, it a mistake to give your CV randomly to just anyone? Of course not. Yeah, you don't lose anything. I don't know why you know so many I mean? people say, oh, just don't send out your CV to no, anyone. of course. You should give your CV to every single person you see because you so, never know. I mean, my dad enforces this on me a lot that connections are the most important thing that you mm -hmm. can have in the world. So you can throw your CV to any single person in the world and you'll never know what they'll do with it. You know what I mean? And you touched on a lot about how you need to, like in this period of our lives, you need to kind of start slaving away a little yeah. bit um the point of that is for example in the u.s there's a very uh, big culture revolving around the american dream and survival of the fittest where no one is going to baby you there it's if you work you're going to you're going to level up you're going to rank up is that true though it yeah, is very of true. course there if you don't work in the u.s and you have an entry-level position there's a million people just as qualified or even more qualified than you that are ready to take the same position that you have. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's a rat race, huh? Yeah, it is a rat race. But it's tough out here. Um, Not really, Nabil. We pretty yeah. much have everything we need. I mean, it's tough on the job. Try <laughs> <laughs> to put me on the spot. It's, got it's tough out here, spot, man. I'm suffering a lot. But honestly, hopefully this podcast can get you guys a bit of money. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe YouTube. Please. Yeah. I want to get monetized. Yeah, monetize these guys. Give me my monetization. Monetize these guys for sure. How many hours do we need to get monetized? 4,000. 4,000 yeah, hours I think so. of watch time? Uh, also How many subscribers? 
Is it F- a, a, thousand. a thousand? A thousand. Come on, that's. Uh, easy. I was looking at some of the stats on the on the on the first video we we uh, we put out. Um, the average view duration is five and a half minutes so that's, that's, out of sixteen. That's so that's like one third. Um, I'll take it. It's pretty good, but. Um, you guys need to watch. <laughs> you guys yeah. need to keep Listen, watching, basically. Either watch the whole thing or don't watch yeah. at all. You know, don't waste that time with these views. We're, we're getting views where people just click on it, and it's like, okay, I gave them a view, but no, honestly, some of the, the content we create is is like somewhat like it gives you something. Yeah, there's you know no reason I mean? for insightful. you not to watch your shit. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, come on. Yeah, yeah. Give me a all break. Right, calm down, bro. Okay, yeah, I'm getting relax. excited. We relax. talked about the job market. We job. We talked about how tough it is to find a job here. And you told me you could settle in Dubai if you get the chance to. When's your uh, when's your deadline for marriage? How are you jumping yeah. from? <laughs> let me from let me transition to another. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's putting me on the spot in the first ten minutes. <laughs> transition was why. No, I mean, relax. First no, no, of no, all, no, let me introduce say, myself to the people yeah, first. Give right. them the background about myself. Okay, no problem. I mean, when you say settling somewhere, you say job, yeah. you say property, as in settling romantically. You say, like, what's the deal? It obviously means marriage as well. Yeah. When is that anywhere on your timeline, or is this put aside? What? Wait, 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 wait. No, of course it's on my timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we all we're all on a different path, one way or another. Mm-hmm. Some people are more prepared, more advanced than in the path. Yeah. Um, report, yeah. In my opinion, I think I don't really want to settle down that seriously mm-hmm. uh, in terms of marriage this early because I know that I still have a lot of experiences left in my system that need to go out of the window. Uh, if you guys agree with me, I don't know. Because we're just 21 now. Yeah, we're 21, almost 22. Um, I don't really want to put myself in a position where I look back at my life and think, damn, I wish I could have done mm-hmm. this differently or that differently. I but got- then again, you never know. Do you believe in love at first sight? That's a big question. That's a good question. But I have a question for you first. When you're looking, okay, I, I know now we're all like pretty young and I think settling in now with, I mean, as in settling with a girl and like, as in like thinking marriage at this age is just, I think, too young. Mm-hmm. Um, I think obviously focusing on work and obviously working on yourself, uh, developing skills and um, life social att- attributes is important. But when you're looking, one's like, when you're looking at... <laughs> 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 Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. When you're looking to settle, What's more important? Um, is it the time or the person? Like, as in, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, let's yeah, say, yeah. as in, like, you know how people say, uh, right person, wrong time, or yeah, yeah. wrong person, right time also exists. No, but for sure. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you kind of put as a priority? Um, I think it's very situational, and it's, that's a very good question. Mm. But the way I look at it is right now, in my bank account, I have like $14. <laughs> and like I said for the third time, if any employees are watching, I'm unemployed. Um, <laughs> so I, in your life, you just need to look at it step by step. And sure. I think that's for me thinking five steps ahead. Mm. So yes, there, there could be a case where I do meet someone and, mm. and I become starstruck. Mm. And immediately I tell myself, yeah, I want to marry this girl right now. Mm. But then again, how can I do that? I mean, if you, you need you need a foundation before you can settle into something Definitely. that big, because marriage isn't something that you can just wake up one day and think, actually, you know what, I don't want to do this. Yeah. So the situation is important. Mm. The person is also important, but I think it just has to be a blend of both. I think if you get married now, 
I don't think you really know whether or not you want to get married. I think at this age, especially now, uh, I wouldn't say you get bored quickly, but you're really trying to figure out who you are before figuring out what, like, you can't start loving someone for the rest of your life if you don't entirely love yourself. Uh, and nice. I don't think anyone can love themselves completely until they figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. And we're far from that. I agree. I was, I was, um, I was looking at something, and it said basically, um, if you don't love yourself 100%, let's say you love yourself 20%, and you're gonna have someone. If we're quantifying love, let's say, but it doesn't really. If you love yourself 20%, and you're gonna have someone that's gonna come into your life and love you 30%, you're gonna be like, wow, that's that's huge. You know what yeah. I mean? Because you don't fully love yourself. So anything above what you love about yourself is going to be like humongous, you know? Whereas, as you said, if you fully love yourself, which is something I think at our age, it's not really possible because we haven't lived experiences or, or, or things or just at at 21, we've barely finished our first life. If you want to put it that way. So it's impossible to fully love yourself. Mm -hmm. And also I think another important thing to note is that in this day and age with our generation and the next generation as well, it's clear that social media has had a big influence on how people look at marriage and how people look at themselves. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, Like divorce rates are going up extravagantly. And the reason for that is because you just look at so many different things on your phone and then just without realizing subconsciously, you start to question yourself like, is what I have enough when I'm looking at what this other person has when you don't even know if it's real? Mm. You know what I mean? So. Right now, I'm sure that we can all see how glamorous people are living. And when it comes to relationships, for example, I'm sure that you've seen Instagram stories or you've seen all these different posts of people that seem like they're just constantly in a honeymoon phase. When in reality, there's just so much behind all it's this. It's so stuff. toxic, man. This so, is it's so. We talked about this in the intro in the intro episode. It's so bad. It's so yeah. bad. The thing is, you don't truly know what you want as long as you're hooked on social media. It's so bad for your brain. And generations after generations, like the mentalities are changing. Like before getting married at 18 wasn't a problem because you would just like focus on what you have, Mm. not focus on what you could have had or other people's lives because you're living the way you want to live or the way your life is set out. You know what I mean? Mm. So like, for example, our childhood, I would consider it good. My dad would consider it would consider it a bit, you know, maybe a bit worse than his childhood because he probably had a bit more fun than I did. And the way I see kids growing up now, I mean, childhoods now are, they're shit. Totally like, different. The yeah. Technology has ruined so many things. Yeah. It has connected people and digitalization has helped humanity grow. Mm. Like, at a tremendous rate. But when you see kids at eight years old and they're playing pro Fortnite hmm. and they're streaming and they compare iPhones, it's just, it's horrible. Like what we did, we played football, mm. okay, every single day in school. On weekends, we go to the mall and play and, and we, we would ditch each other. Kids now, <laughs> we would, at school, we would play football from noon to one. Yeah. Also, yeah. we'd walk into class all sweaty. And we teachers would kick us out. 40 tissues, sit down in class, dripping all over us. I don't know how we would do this. Just wiping, wiping for two we would, hours. We, Disgusting. we would play Disgusting. in 40 degree Disgusting. Celsius heat. <laughs> we'd slide on concrete. Yeah. We'd go into a class. 
Shout out Gabi Mushrik. And we if you're, if you're tuned in. Shout out Gabi Mushrik. If you're tuned in. Gabi Mushrik. I will never He's forget that one time. What what grade was it? It was like grade fifth, fifth, no, fourth, or, fourth fifth. or fifth. This guy scored an insane goal, okay? Yeah. And we played on concrete, okay? It wasn't concrete. Gravel. Yeah. yeah, it was like gravel. <laughs> it was horrible. It was like He's, bricks later. It was yeah. horrible. This guy scored a banger. Decided he was Ronaldo for yeah. a second. He slid on, the slid on it. Thought he was gonna go five meters in. This guy stopped after yeah. two inches. He didn't move. His knee was bleeding like yeah, gushing. He got in the furry and he got like it was horrible. Gushing. Horrible. We were, we were speaking about the future a lot, how marriage and whatever. But let's speak about the present for a second. Talk to me. You go on dates, right? It's not like you're only getting married. You, you can find girls now what would you look for like what's your what are things you look for like if you're like okay i want to take this girl on a date what what does she are there like prerequisites not, not prerequisites but like what, what's your type basically Firstly, prerequisites is the wrong word yeah it because is because it's wrong to objectify women obviously my apologies i know i know i was gonna get put on the spot no but that's oh, something that we need to know <laughs> Respect oh. for women in this podcast will yeah. stay high. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to keep his good image on this podcast. No, 100%. I grew up with two <laughs> but sisters. But I mean, don't ruin, yeah. don't ruin Nabil's image yeah. while doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting battered here. Yeah. Anyways. By, by bringing you, you down, it makes you, me look good. You got my <laughs> question. You got my question. Uh, no, no, I get your question. I'm just joking. Um, I think that some, as you grow up, you start to realize that personality is a lot more important than looks. I think mm. we can all agree about that. I mean, I'm sure that there's been situations where you've seen another girl or another guy depending what you're into um, and you've found them very attractive and in the end you've spoken to them and you realize that there's not really much going on just a them. bunch of airheads yeah that's what they are uh, I didn't want to use that word but <laughs> you you realize that you, there's no real connection so I think that once you first meet someone and you realize that the conversation you're having can go even further and you want to get to know the person even more I think that's when you create that opportunity to offer another date or to offer to see this person again if that makes sense because i think also in this in this day and age dates are are becoming less less of fashion if that makes sense like back in our day i'm not our day sorry back in my our parents day um taking a woman on a date was one of the most beautiful things that a person could do that i mean it was a big gesture mm -hmm. and it was something that you were committed to knowing that you're both you know, putting yourselves out there and out of your comfort Sorry, zone. Sorry, is Rami spelled like Romeo or is it just I am I? Come on, come on. Okay. Come on. So, man, so Bunda, yeah. yeah. Huh? Bunda, Bunda. Yeah, the Bunda. That's basically. The Bunda. That's basically it. What's <laughs> <laughs> going on about all this stuff? That's no, but it does make Bunda sense. Is. No, it does. To be fair, to be fair, you are a pretty romantic guy. You're, no, no, come on, I'm not. It's a charmer. It's, it's in the charmer. intro. Yeah, it is in the intro. No, no, no. no. What, what, what techniques do you use? There's no techniques. Yeah, I'm sure there are. I think that you got a few things. I think if you're yourself, yeah. anyone okay, would love okay. you. Okay, okay, that's the advice. That, that's, confidence is a great thing to have. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I'm the most confident, but I think that you two have great personalities. And Yusuf is in a very 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 great position in his life because wow. he has a queen with him that he's very oh, happy wow. with but now i'm just going to speak on nabil for now wow. and nabil you are also very very charismatic so i think that you being yourself in one way can lead you to finding all the happiness that you're looking for in a girl i don't think you should look this for jobs in finance this guy has to this guy has to this get into life coaching nah, nah. god bless 
Wow. Words here. Well and, done. Um, yeah. I'm liking this guest, by the way. Very yeah, good. Yeah, I'm loving it. coming. Uh, by good. the way, if anyone ever cancels, you know who to yeah, call. Yeah. <laughs> It'll replace me easy. <laughs> and I think slowly, slowly, I'm going to start replacing this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think both of us can share out small life. That's small life. Man really just good. said this guy is very charismatic. And by the way, uh, if he ever leaves, he's trying to throw I can replace him. Yeah. Okay. How's this year, Rami, overall for you? This year? I mean, I think that one thing that it taught you, that taught me, Maybach music. That's my last stutter of the day. But one thing that it taught me was to appreciate the little things. I mean, I know it sounds very cliche, but, you know, I was just speaking to my parents about this the other day. It kind of slowed down time. I realized how blessed I was relative to other people around the world who didn't really have the resources to deal with all of this, but... That's one thing. Another thing is I realized that time is passing by very quickly and I will never have the opportunity to live with my parents again the way that I did and my family in general. I mean, being stuck in that house every single day, obviously we'd fight and it would get really annoying sometimes. But, you know, sitting down there, even though we were all angry at each other, my dad hated my mom, my mom hated my dad, my sister hated me, whatever, you know, it, there was a beautiful thing going on. But I think you should appreciate those moments where you're, yeah, where you're fighting because some days you will, you'll, you'll tell yourself, oh, I wish I'm, I, I'm fighting with my sister right now. Like, it's like someone that okay, hasn't... No. <laughs> no, no, I mean... That's a bit weird. But. No, no, no. I mean, like, like say, say a guy... No, no, just hear me out. Say a guy has a job, okay, and he has a lot of work to, like, that he has to finish and he's drowning in work. This guy will hate his life for... 10 minutes, 30 minutes until he gets his, his work done. Some other people, okay, can't even find this kind of stress in their lives. Like this kind of stress is good stress, yeah. okay? The bad kind of stress is the, is the type where you don't have the blessings that cause that good type of stress. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying, oh, I love fighting with my siblings. I'm just no, saying no, I know. it's a blessing at the end of the day. Yeah, All right. 100%. And also like another thing, I know that if you're, I mean, you're speaking about work life and then that is when really life passes by too quickly. But now I'm saying if this pandemic had never happened, I probably would have spent the summer, you know, going out, partying, uh, just going out with my friends and really not really making, like realizing what's important yeah. to you and kind of slowing down that time, like I said, and living with my parents in the moment, like I said, was annoying, but you know, you, you learn to appreciate it. And it just grew me a lot closer to my family in general. I'm sure you guys can relate. Because you guys are also stuck mm -hmm. here. And yeah. Absolutely. How about you, Naveen? What has it taught you? Uh, you were in London from September. I mean, no, from mm. July to September? Uh, like, yeah, August. August to... No, to... What? Not what am to I saying? August to like November. Um, to be fair... Yeah, I mean, no, but before that, I was here with my family. And obviously, uh, I realized how important family is. It's, it's um, a, true, a true blessing. Um, and uh, yeah, no, obviously, it just got me closer to, to my family. And I was, I think I know what gratitude is now. Um, but you guys spoke about stress for a second, and I wanted to say something. Um, stress obviously consumes all of us, and we all have some form of stress, whether it's, it could be good, it could be bad. But I think ultimately, I found out that stress, the way you manage it, is actually taking action 
into what you think is creating your stress. So like, let's say you know you have stress that's coming from a task. And I think the stress, the stress you have from this task will kind of dissolve once you actually take action and start on this task. Mm. For me, taking action is super important. I think you look at even people who want to go to the gym and you know they don't feel the, they don't get the, the, the don't have the motivation to go to the gym. All it all you need is one day where you go and then you can create a routine because creating routines is so powerful. Once you create a routine, uh, after you, you start seeing change and then you get addicted to it. That's mm-hmm. for gyms. For but I don't think that applies to everything uh, related to stress. Some and this I think is my is my take on but honestly, how to manage stress. Some yeah. some things uh, I mean you could stress about some things that you can't control as well. So you can't really take yeah. action on things that you cannot control. But definitely like what Nabil is saying, 100 percent I yeah. agree mm-hmm. with him. What the the whole routine thing mm-hmm. changed my life. It, it can uh, change during, your life. during the lockdown when we weren't allowed to go out of our house. Yeah. Every single day I'd wake up, open TikTok, and fry my brain till mm-hmm. literally. I, when I was at dinner, I'd just get hazy and I could. <laughs> I swear I couldn't even focus on the conversation we were having. I'm like, yeah, what yeah. am I doing with my life? Mm. I slowly started every single day implementing things like whether it's going, going sitting, waking up and sitting in my garden for 20 minutes and reading, mm. you know, something like that. Or even I started working on my room like I was in a prison cell, but you know, mm. doing my sit-ups, doing whatever I needed to do. And that just kept, at least, it kept my brain active yeah, yeah, yeah. and it kept me distracted and focused at the same mm. time. Distracted from from what's going on around the world and also focused on keeping my sanity. Yeah, I think this this year all in all is, uh, has been a blessing in disguise. Uh, but we've, we've experienced a lot of things. We've lost some important people, so. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I, I think it's crazy some people that we've lost is some huge people, personalities of, of this world. As you said, Maradona. I Maradona. think we, we, we didn't talk about football in the first episode and we could do podcasts all about football for eight hours. It'll be boring. But we're going to touch on it now for a second because Maradona passing away is... Heartbreaking. Huge. Heartbreaking. Huge. It's, huge. it's awful. Momentous. It's, it's crazy. The thing is, he, he was an enigma. Mm. For those who don't watch football... Yeah. Um, so you don't even have to watch football, honestly, to appreciate him. If I just yeah, sat here and showed yeah, you yeah. just videos of him off the pitch and just the way he embraces other people and the way other people spoke about him and looked at him, you had to appreciate his legacy mm-hmm. and everything is on. So rest in peace. Also, Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love I love Kobe, basketball yeah. personally. Huge. Yeah. But for those who greatest. don't, I mean, I saw... And I was in the US when it happened. So obviously, they took it way differently than people would in this part of the yeah, world because yeah, basketball sure. is huge. Yeah, and what yeah. he's done for for Americans it's something that I never even realized until he passed away the way that people were mourning his death mm. was something that I've never seen from anyone yeah. honestly and I'd, when it first happened I was like I was obviously very devastated but it didn't really hit me until I saw how the city reacted around me and how the whole country reacted around me and the effect that this person had on other people so um, truly crazy to think about athletes can actually help sometimes in in moving forward a political opinion, you know? So like, or, or and mobilizing a population, a generation of population. Um, look at Didier Drogba, for example, who's a, um Ivorian football player who basically um, contributed to taming a civil war in his country or avoiding a civil war. It's, it's crazy how much figures like those are influential this is what an influencer is actually it's not all these 
models on Instagram. These people are not influencers. What are you? It's not because you're gonna influence me to buy uh, candy on on a, on a store or like bracelets or whatever. That respect the hustle, though. Respect the hustle. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Respect the hustle. No, I mean you're Don't given you're given a set of resources. You're given a set of resources. Yeah, in no, your no, life. no. He's, he's just he's just uh, he's he's touching base with no, the fact that it. football is the greatest sport yeah, of all time because not only does it bring uh, entertainment but it also brings people together it's like a religion in some countries and mm. some people look up to the players uh, in in incredible ways and uh, obviously Maradona's was almost worshipped in, in Argentina they're uh, mourning for three days mm. if yeah, you read I about saw that. that I saw that national crazy uh, I liked uh, Messi's celebration in yeah. the game today very, very touching. touching did very he wear touching. the same jersey that he wore uh, before yeah like that, I think that's a club that they both started at and you was old boys club. yeah Oh, I so. was expecting like just a message yeah. and I was like whoa he actually put the yeah, thing yeah, yeah. and cool. the thing is Messi is really really awkward doesn't speak English yeah. he's such an awkward guy such an awkward guy in terms of personalities I mean I didn't really like research too much Maradona he's, already, he's not our era yeah. Messi we kind of know his mannerisms his behaviors but I think Maradona as a person was more likable than Messi you know yeah. what I mean Outside, off oh the for sure for sure I mean he was literally an entertainer in everything that he did. Mm. I mean, every single person who met him has nothing but great things to say about him. And you see so many videos of whether it's him fighting with other people, him dancing with random people mm. in the stands. I mean, you have to appreciate the guy. Mm. And whether, you, guy. whether you liked him or not, you have mm. to appreciate him. Mm. So, yeah, that, that was a big loss. Rest in peace. Rest in peace for real. I mean, this year has to end. Uh, Someday, yeah, but this pandemic this has to end as well. Has been yeah, oh my god, long. horrible! Oh my god, it's been a, it's been a long ass it's year, been honestly. So yeah. long, it's been a long ass year. But what people don't understand is they think that on January 1st, Khalas, all the problems, yeah, it's are, all done, all the problems are gonna go like away. Gonna, I mean, how, how's I think it's just gonna be a shift in mentality for uh, sure. People 100%. are gonna stop it's being like so negative, it, yeah. yeah, but shit's still gonna happen, oh, yeah, of course. How, I mean, how how's this pandemic gonna end eventually? Is it through a vaccine or is it just everyone getting the virus eventually and then getting over it or is it just the virus itself disappearing because now some vaccines by what was it pfizer monday's research <laughs> by, pfizer, by pfizer. no it was biontech and pfizer okay yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um the uk approved mm. the vaccines yeah, to, distributing first week of december right yep there's a and Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi already uh, imported a few. Yeah, the UAE is one of the biggest uh, exporters, by the mm -hmm. way, for the vaccine. They're going to be one of the biggest distribution. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're already going to distribute 70 million. That just came in a day ago. Sorry, for those watching who have never been to the UAE, or this is just a side con, we're going to get back to this, mm -hmm. but who've never been to the UAE or have never heard about how things are done here, I mean, it's something that you're never going to see in any other country. The way that they handled this pandemic and the way that they got on top of everything from the first day and managed to become this, this center that people look to and people are like impressed by mm. and influenced by is just so impressive. And we always knew how, how rigorous and how disciplined the government was, but this was just a display to the whole world about what the UAE is all about. I so. think it's a very Arab mentality as well. Uh, you don't see shit done like this in Europe, for example. We The the service that you get here is impeccable. If you go into a Agreed. restaurant or if you're uh, if you're in the airport or if you're dropping your, your kid at school, there's always someone looking after someone or you always get your shit done 
in an easy manner. Uh, there's always something to guide you and there's always a solution for anything that you have. And this is the way it should be. Uh, you shouldn't find yourself in limbo at any point of your life. Obviously, this country is very rich, so it has a lot of resources. And there are many ways that they could find solutions to, uh, to whatever obstacles they encounter. But the thing is with Arabs is that we don't waste our time. We don't work nine to five. It's not like the UK. It's not like, oh, you know what? It's, it's 5 p.m. now. There's a mm. culture of like mm. at 4.59, mm. you can speak to me. At five on the dot, I'm, I'm out. Mm. Here it's, I'm not done until I finish what I have to say, mm. until I finish what I have to do. Mm. It's more of, I have a path that I have to follow. If I'm not done with it, then I'm not done with it. There it's, I'm going to do my job and there's no reason for you to fire me. I was in a bank once, mm. okay? Wanted to walk in at 4.58 and the bank closes mm. at 5. Okay? They're like that, they're like she that. She said, uh, sorry, what do you want to do? I said, I want to do a deposit. A deposit takes five minutes and I'll be out at 5 so no one can come in after. Okay, but who goes to the bank at 4.58 when it closes at 5? I have uni, man. I have, I have stuff to come do. On. I, have, I have studies. Come on, plan your time. <laughs> plan your time. <laughs> now he's putting it on me. Yeah. Um, no, no, but I get what you're saying, for sure. For sure. I mean... We, I was just saying in the first, uh, in the intro episode, how um, when we, I was like ranking the cities, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can't rank Dubai because it's, or the UAE because it's, sorry, yeah, Dubai because it's a unique and I don't want to rank it. And the, the, the thing is like, it, it is really a city because uh, the UAE um, is very much like unequal in terms of uh, the different uh, Emirates, you know, like Dubai and Abu Dhabi are mainly the most developed ones. And Dubai is very unique in the fact that um, its model it, its model is so like, you, you can't really compare it to any other model except Singapore for a second, you know. There are some similarities between them. But what's impressive about Dubai, if you look at it just from quickly economically, you see that, okay, it's a very resource-rich city city well not as much as Abu Dhabi that gives it the oil but what's what it was able to do was actually to diversify its economy so not it's not only reliant on oil on on petrol it's also created a tourist economy that is extremely extremely developed 100%. Uh, and you can see especially one of I mean it's it's not really like a large um, portion of their economy but you can see what they're doing now this is just an example of uh, in space if you guys read about mm -hmm. their space missions that mm -hmm. they were that they were planning I mean what is it a balloon huh yeah, like, what, what are they doing what are they doing no they were sending someone to the moon sending people to That's the moon not, no there's a new thing now that they want to do they want to uh, you can take a trip to space oh, oh, in a I balloon it's like, it's like it's like 150k dollars yeah, every time every time that I leave Dubai to go to DC and I come back it's just more and more and more advanced than what it was before. When you come to, to, to the UAE, this isn't, although it is a country that has been overexploited for, uh, for water, mm. okay, like critically mm. overexploited, yeah. and there's zero fresh water that comes out now, like almost nothing. The amount what, of. What do you mean overexploited? Uh, like all water. the water is gone now. All the fresh water is gone. They're, mm. they're, the water that they bring in now is all through irrigation systems and uh, 
desol uh, what, what do they call it desalinization they, yeah that but I mean but no no what I'm saying is I agree with the you talked about um, the tourism mm. and just the amount of businesses that they have built and grown mm. is is huge and it's it's uh, it's mm. paying off yeah definitely I mean we're, we're very yeah. lucky that's to say the least <laughs> for sure very lucky to be here where Romy yeah what we now? uh we preach no 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 don't be i think you've done you've done a great uh, you're kicking me off already you've done your part <laughs> <laughs> we can stay here for more hours that? if you want okay. well okay. um Nabil, yeah how was today's episode i really enjoyed it i think the dynamics between us are great and they're gonna bring something much more than the first than the intro episode because we're three so uh, I don't know if you noticed, but in the fir- in the intro episode, we kind of felt like we needed to talk, and he and then me, and so now having three, we can bounce off like each other. And I ideas. think Rami had some uh, very uh, interesting points. Uh, the topics that we um, that we uh, discussed today were very uh, were quite relatable. So Point we it. hope you guys enjoyed. Yes, sir. Uh, this was the first episode of the Slime Sandwich Podcast with Rami Mamluk. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you, Rami, for coming in. Thank you very much for having me. It was a, it was a pleasure being here and hearing what you guys have to say. Pleasure is ours. Um, again, if you ever get bored, you know who to call <laughs> to replace you. I feel like I'm a He wants that job. I'm he wants quit. it. Let's see how much it pays when you guys get monetized yeah. and then call me. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, guys, please don't forget to subscribe and like this video. Uh, subscription is very uh, important for us just to see that the people are engaged into the content. Uh, and uh, please follow our socials. We'll also link Rami's socials. You can go and check him out. And his LinkedIn as well. We talked a lot yeah, about it. Follow me on LinkedIn. Send him nice little Don't put my Instagram. <laughs> don't put anything else. Just put my LinkedIn. <laughs> send him a nice <laughs> little DM. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know line. what he likes. And, uh, yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next Wednesday. We'll see you on episode two on the Slime Sandwich Podcast. Yes, sir. Thank you. Peace. Come on. Top uh, natural. <laughs> <laughs>